Welcome to this bonus, bonus, bonus episode of the Six Figure Product and Business Podcast. I'm excited for today because I am answering your questions. I have compiled a list of 10 questions that I get asked probably more than anything else when it comes to email marketing, although there are some questions I get asked a lot that I left out because I have talked about these in recent podcast episodes such as like automations and things like that. So let's just dive into it. This is going to be as quick as humanly possible because I know it's hard for me not to shut the F up. So let's dive into it. I'm answering 10 of your burning email marketing questions. Number freaking one and probably the most important one. What are the best email marketing platforms for e-commerce businesses? And if you know me, you already know what I'm going to say here. And let's just dive into it. Klaviyo. So what are the best email marketing platforms? There really isn't platforms. There's really just Klaviyo. Um, I love Klaviyo. Team Klaviyo over here. I have used MailChimp, Flowdesk, um, OmniSend, Klaviyo. ClickUp, no, not ClickUp, that's task management, ConvertKit. Um, I've used a lot of, did I say MailChimp? Also, I used to use Constant Contact for my old job back in the day. So I've used a lot of different email marketing platforms. But the thing is with when it comes to e-commerce, you have to choose a native platform. Like when I, And when I say native, I mean you have to choose a platform that is creative for one type of business. So like, for example, I would never tell you to use like active campaign for your e-commerce business because it's not natively created for that. Just like I wouldn't tell you to use Flowdesk for your e-commerce business because it's not natively set up for e-commerce. Therefore, it doesn't work effectively. So Klaviyo is the only one I'm going to recommend here. I'm going to recommend coming in at number two, OmniSend, because I have used them for an e-commerce business and it does work really, really well. So I would say OmniSend is actually probably the second best one that I've used before. Okay, moving on to number two. How often should I email my email list? So I would say if you're sending out campaigns, so I'm not including automations or anything like that, I would say at least once a week. You can you can do more. You can like go big or go home here more than once a week. But I would say minimum one time per week. Uh, number th- okay. And my exception here is when you're doing a promotion. If you're doing a promotion for let's say you're doing fifty percent off for four days or buy one get one free, you should be sending at least one or two emails a day. Um, two two to three emails on the final day of a promotion at least I mean I literally am a stalker when it comes to promotions I send a lot of emails and for my clients when we do send a lot of emails we get more sales so emails equates to more sales for your business so whatever many you're comfortable with send a couple more honestly because I know you're not comfortable I know you're like no Carrie I only want to send one email Um, I remember I was chatting with someone uh, last year for holiday season strategy and I was like okay how many emails do you have for the Black Friday week? Not just Black Friday, but like the whole week. So Black Friday, the day after Black Friday, the few days after Cyber Monday, like I'm talking the Cyber Week. She was like, oh, I just have one email. And I was like, what? One? I'm like, oh, you mean for Black Friday? She's like, no, for the whole time. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, we need to add a zero to the end of that and then probably add some more emails. Um, you got to email your list, honestly, especially during busy seasons, holiday rushes. Everyone else and their mother is also sending emails, so you got to keep up with the competition. So 
at least once per week. And that leads me to question number three, what should I send to my email list? This this is probably the biggest question I get out of anything else. And I love it because I love talking about what types of emails you should be sending to your email list. So you can send a variety of emails, honestly. I think we overthink email marketing. I think we only think we should be emailing our list when we want to sell something, and that's not quite true. So just taking it super, super simple here, you should be emailing your list things like repurposed content. So if you send something really cool to your Instagram or a really fun video to your Instagram or TikTok and people loved it, that should be one of your emails. So at the minimum, if you're like, I don't know what to send to my email list every single week, I would choose one of your social media content pieces and just send that. Um, Two, sharing um, a blog content or a YouTube video. So if you write a blog, most as a lot of you should be doing, you should have a business blog where you're sharing content. And if you're doing that, that's your once a week email. Every time you do a blog, let your email list know that you have a blog. If you've been featured somewhere, if you were on a podcast, if you were featured in BuzzFeed, if you were featured in Mother Stewart, like wherever you've been featured in cool little articles and things, send that to your email list. Talk about your bestsellers. Talk about um, like showcase customers. Talk about people that love your product. Showcase testimonials. Um, Share promotions share like things that are cool, like things that I love in my business. Like, I don't know, you can share anything, honestly. Um, And then when it comes to like personal things, your brand, your brand story, um, people in your team, like, hey, we got a new person on our team. We'd love to introduce you to our new content creator. She's from Philadelphia. She loves San Diego Padres and her favorite food is mac and cheese. Cool. Let's welcome her to the team. Like you're sharing things because it humanizes your business, you know? So you don't have to share a ton of that kind of stuff, but I do think it's important to share your story. Um, every quarter you could send out an email that's like, Just in case you aren't familiar with our story, we want to remind you of our brand story. Here's how our business started. So things like that um, are the easy emails that you can send out that you're probably just completely overthinking. And then that doesn't even include like campaigns or promotions or if you're trying to sell a specific product, a product launch. I mean, the opportunities are endless here. So that's question number three is what type of email should I send? Okay, the next question is, this is for my people who have email marketing on one place, but you're looking to move it to a different place. So for example, you have your email list in MailChimp and you're looking to move over to Klaviyo, or you have your email list in Flowdesk and you're looking to move over to Klaviyo. I'll just kind of walk you through a few steps that you can take to make this uh, as seamless as possible. It's fairly easy. However, in Klaviyo, you have to kind of do something a little bit specific that tripped me up the first time I did it. So anyway, so the first thing is don't delete like your old account. Make sure your old account is still active to give yourself like a grace period to move your stuff over to the new platform. So moving your stuff over is kind of just going to depend on the platform that you have and does it integrate like with Klaviyo? Is there sort is there some sort of like an integration um, Passover. Um, a lot of times there may not be. So here's the easiest thing that you can do. You go into your email list and you kind of export it. Um, you can export it into segments. If you have your email list segmented at all, depending on what email marketing platform you have, you might not really have any segments. The biggest thing that I would say is have a list of people who have unsub. If, if you still have unsubscribes on your list, get those, delete those people. We don't need them. They 
they deleted you, so you delete them back. Um, make sure you have deleted off unsubscribes. Make sure you have a list of people who have purchased from you. That's like the most important thing in my opinion is make sure you have a separate list of people who have bought from you. And then maybe you just have like anyone else who's joined your email list or something like your newsletter or your pop-up or whatever it is. So generally you can export your whole list and then you can like cat, you can like, um, what's it called in Excel when you like move a group up and down. I forget what the word is right now. Um, it's like. 8.30 p.m. and I probably shouldn't be recording a podcast. But you kind of want to do that. You want to separate the buyers from just people in your email list and then delete anyone who's unsubscribed. Make sure you have a backup copy because honestly, even though I've done email marketing for a million years, I've still like by accident deleted an entire email list before. Have a backup copy, okay? Just download this list, put it in a Google Drive that says, OG, email list from Flowdesk or OG list from MailChimp. Keep it there. Just leave it. Then you copy that file and then you play around with that file. So just in case you're like, oops, I just deleted an entire block of people, you actually have a backup copy and you can always start over. So do that. Um, and then you basically just upload it into, for example, I'm going to use Clavio here, but, and I might be missing a step here. I'm just kind of, I'm just giving you like the backbone version of this. Cause I actually don't have Clavio up in front of me. I don't have notes of like exactly what to do, but this is generally what you're going to do. You would then open up your Clavio and you would create a list in Clavio. Generally in Clavio, it's like list and segment. So you're going to want to create a list and then you're going to want to import your CSV file into Clavio. The tricky part here that really tripped me up the first time I did it was you have to like map out the specific like little fields so it matches Clavio. So I tried to do it the first time and I kept not being able to do it and I was getting really pissed off. And I'm pretty sure I reached out to the customer support and they were like, oh, you just have to do this little thing. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then it worked. So what that little thing was, um, it's something really minor. It's just like matching the fields. Like you have to match the titles of what they call the, the their fields, like name, underscore, first name, last name, or something like that. You know what I mean? You have to just copy what they do. So it's pretty easy. Um, and then I think you have to verify verify your list, like that kind of stuff. And then that's pretty much it. Then from there, you, you're going to want to do some other things in Clavio. But honestly, I'm just talking about like what's the simple steps to moving one email list to the other. Download your list, make a backup copy, keep it somewhere in a Google Drive that you're not going to touch it. Um, go through that list, get rid of unsubscribes and separate purchasers from non-purchasers. And then you upload those two into Clavio separately. You want to upload a purchaser like people who have bought from you and then you want to upload like I would just call them like your general like news I hate the word newsletter but you would call them like your general email list or like your general newsletter list and then keep that in Clavio. but I would call it I would title it as like MailChimp list or OG MailChimp list and then OG MailChimp buyers and then essentially what will happen is then once you you connect Clavio to for example Shopify um, then that takes care, like then Clavio will identify all your new Shopify orders. So I would keep that stuff separate. And then when you email your list, you can be like, okay, cool. I'm going to email people who have bought before. And then you can send them your email list. I'm sorry. Then you can send an email. So 
Okay, cool. Let's move on. So that was question one, two, three, four. Um, question, let's see. I'm just going through my list of questions here. I want to pick like a juicy one. Okay, cool. Here's a really good one. So how do I ensure, how do I avoid like spam filters? So a lot of people have asked me this question before. And it's something that I don't really think I've talked much about. So how to avoid spam? There's there's quite a few things you can do actually, but I'm just going to kind of cover a few things. So one is monitoring your email list. So just like I just talked about, like removing unsubscribes and all that, um, not only removing unsubscribes, but like kind of removing people who are inactive subscribers. So you can go through like once a year at least and anyone who basically like hasn't, and this is the beauty of like things like Clavio is like they have so much power and you can really like dig deep into this information. Um, you should remove people. Like if someone hasn't opened your email in an entire year, just get them off your email list. Honestly, they're not going to buy from you. If they haven't opened an email in a year, they're not going to open them now. And what happens is a lot of these platforms, you pay for your subscribers. So you might think, oh my God, I have 5,000 people on my email list. I'm killing it. But like if 4,800 of them are inactive, like they literally haven't opened an email from you since day one, it doesn't matter how big the email list is. You know, you have to get rid of those people. So I would say like a couple times per year, that might feel overwhelming. So let's just say once per year. You get rid of people who are who have never opened an email. So you can basically say in Clavio, like, let's segment a list of people who haven't like opened an email in six months or one year. Get rid of them, honestly. Um, using too many images. This is a really big one. I see a lot of you who will who will um, ask me questions about email marketing, and you'll ask me to look at your emails, and it's like one huge image. And while that looks really pretty, it's probably created in Canva, that's going to likely flag the the spam filters because they don't want you to use a huge image. Plus, like with email marketing, um, you know, emails can like you can they can pick up different words and things. But if it's like one huge image, it, it really can't. So I would definitely advise you not to do one big block of an image and honestly, like use images sparingly. So emails with a lot of images, with large files, that can majorly trigger the spam filters. Um, okay, including an unsubscribe link at the bottom of your email. This is not only important for spam filters, but this is, this is le- like you have to do that legally. You are not allowed to send emails that do not have an unsubscribe link. So obviously that doesn't include if you're like emailing, um, oh, I don't know, like... I'm thinking like in my business, like if I email a client and I'm like, hey, don't forget to book your next call, you know, I'm not going to have an unsubscribe link, I don't think, because I'm sending my email from Outlook. But if you're sending emails from like these marketing services, they generally, they're they're always going to have the uh, unsubscribe. So you don't delete that. Like I know you can go in and delete shit in your email templates. Don't delete that because it's actually illegal and people can report you. So just keep that in mind. Um, okay. What else? Oh, like subject lines. So there's a lot of subject lines that will trigger spam. The words free. Um, I think like using all caps also will trigger filters. So just kind of keep that in mind. But Google, like just do me a favor, Google 
the worst um, email subject line words that will trigger spam. And it will give you like a huge list of them. Um, with that said, I use free all the time in my emails and it hasn't been a huge problem for me, but just something to keep in mind is the some words can trigger. Um, and then like just getting permission. So you know, you're technically only supposed to send emails to people who have opted in to receive your emails. So, you know, technically, you're not supposed to just send emails to people who haven't opted in. People do it all the time. I get emails every day from like random people and I'm just like, who? Like, I never subscribe to your stupid email. This is not okay. So I actually get really pissed off. Um, But I know you are not going to email people that have not opted in. But just keep in mind that like, you know, the double opt-in process is is recommended. Hold on one sec. I have to cough. Okay. I just had like a major coughing fit. Um, yeah. So like usually when you have opt-ins, you can have people do a single opt-in or a double opt-in. I honestly oftentimes don't make people do the double opt-in and only because here's my philosophy here is as a consumer, so say someone joins, goes to your website, they see your pop-up and it's like, take 10% off. And you say, okay, cool. Now go check your email and confirm your, subs- you know, f- confirm your subscriber. And you make people go and check your email. And sometimes the email takes a minute or two to send. I mean, at that point, like they may just not be, you may have just lost them. So even though doing a double opt-in, which means you make someone go and confirm their subscription with you through email is better. It is standard email practice. I sort of choose to ignore that only because I think of the consumer and that a lot of people that join your email list are looking for a coupon. So if you have a coupon, like take 10% off your first purchase, take 20% off your first purchase, that's usually the reason that people are joining your email list. You know what I mean? That is the reason people are joining your email list. And I like to just get that coupon to the person quickly. So instead of making someone do a double opt-in, I like to have um, on the success met. So after someone you know opts in, a little pop-up will say, thank you so much. Now go check your subscription. But instead I say, thank you so much. Now grab your 10% coupon, you know, and I just give it to them right there. So it's all about preference and all that. Like they don't require you to do double opt-in. I just want to explain why I don't always use it, but it's every business is different. And if you want to abide by like the email marketing rules of like, what is the best thing to do, then you can always do double opt-in. I just, you know, I, I listen for the most part, but I also like to do things in a way that I think is going to help conversion. Because in the end, we're emailing our people to get sales for the business. We're not emailing them for like shits and giggles, you know? Okay, so I think I provided um, some good things for spam. Okay, another popular question. How do I grow my email list? My gosh, so many things. So I'm just going to go through a few. Um, Your pop-up form on your website, the easiest way to grow your email list. Give them a reason to opt in. Do not say join my newsletter because no one wants to join your newsletter. They want an incentive. They want something for free. They want a free gift, a free bonus, free shipping, 10% off, um, free gift with purchase, free download that talks about, I don't know, something. So 
You can really get crafty with your incentive, but no one wants to join your newsletter. I'm just going to say that again and again. Um, Leveraging social media, um, leveraging in-person events, doing markets. If you have a brick and mortar store, obviously that kind of stuff. Um, Lead magnets. That's what people like the business I have. Everything is like lead magnets. So join my email list and you get a checklist, you get a free video series, you get like a template of some kind. So in your business, if you can create something that people would want, like for my client, we have a free download that's like 10 ways to grow your pet's Instagram account, tips from influencers, like tips from pet influencers. And it's a pet company that sells dog toys. So nothing to do with influencers, but their ideal customer really wants to get their dog to be Instagram famous. So things like that can help you grow your email list. Other things are like contesting giveaways. Um, You know, there's a lot of things you can do. So I'm just going to kind of stop with those because I'm already um, 20 minutes in. Okay. Let's see what else we got here. So metrics to track, like how do you know your email marketing is working? So a couple things that I will talk about. Um, Revenue per email is a really good one. So if, again, you have to kind of have the right email marketing software. If you have Klaviyo, you can literally look at every single email that you've ever sent and you can see how much money you made from every single email, which tells you how good your subject lines are. It tells you how good the body of your email is. It gives you an indication of like, was that incentive or promotion really good? So reason 772 of why I love Klaviyo is that you can look at your revenue per email. Um, Let's see, like conversion rate. So like how many people who... Just in general, like your conversion rate are different things. Like how many people opted in? How many people opted into your email list? How many people opted into your pop-up? That kind of thing. Um, Open rate. So how many people opened your emails? And then click-through rate. So the number of people who clicked on something in your email. So these all will give you an indication of like what's working and what's not working. Um, For example, if your open rate's super low, that means your subject lines need to be tweaked. If your click-through rate's super low, then that tells you that you need to kind of work on your body of your email, like how how good are your call to actions? Maybe your buttons could be bigger. How engaging is the content? Are you asking people to do something? Is your email confusing? Are you giving too many call to actions? Like there's a lot of things you can do here, but um, I would say those are the basics of metrics. And then in general with email marketing, your biggest metric is how much money email marketing has brought in from you. So again, if you have Klaviyo, you get all those numbers in a beautiful little dashboard. Like, yes, your email campaigns made you $20,000 in 2022 and your email flows made you $30,000. Like, it's fucking amazing. I love Klaviyo so much. Um, let me see what else we got here. Okay. Um Okay, I kind of actually already talked about this, but I'll just talk about this one more time. Um, Basically, how do you get better open rates on your emails? Like, how do you improve your subject lines? So with subject lines, the biggest, I think the biggest thing, and I talked about this recently on a tangent that I had. Basically, I've been waiting for months to sign my son up for summer camps because where I live in Washington the parents clearly have nothing else to do and that the minute summer camps open, the whole 
camp is booked out in five minutes. I'm not even joking. So I was waiting, like, when are they going to announce summer camp? When are they going to announce summer camp? I even emailed them to ask them, when are you going to announce summer camp? They gave me a date. That date was wrong, okay? That date was wrong. However, so I was checking my email constantly, and there was one email that was like, Penn Met Park newsletter. (laughs) Fucking newsletter. Newsletter. Um, newsletters are like boring, bland updates. So, okay, technically I should have opened the email, okay, because I was waiting for something. But if you have a big announcement for your business, then don't email your list and say March newsletter, okay? Just don't, don't, or I'm going to unsubscribe to you. (laughs) Just kidding. But so basically, I then randomly went to their website one day and noticed that the summer camps were there, were listed in like 90% sold out. And I was super pissed. So I went through my email because I was like, how did I miss this email? Like, I can't believe I missed it. I was so mad at myself. And I saw the email subject line was um, March newsletter, which does not indicate to me that you have an important announcement for summer camp for kids. So um, my my PSA here is make sure your email subject line is relevant to the email. If you have an important announcement, something urgent, something very like in particular, don't fucking put March newsletter. Put something that's going to grab their attention and make them want to click on it. So you want to really have like clear subject lines, um, very like short snippets to the point, something that's going to grab their attention if there's urgency, if there is like something that you want to take action on. Um, you can use like emojis. I love emojis and subject lines. Um, you can use personalized. You can put like a little like insert the person's name. So Carrie, grab your spot at our summer summer camp, like something like that. You know what I mean? Um, and then I like to have some call to actions and subject lines, honestly, like grab your 50% off discount, grab your 10% off sale. No, that doesn't make sense. Like, you know, grab the 10% off discount code, um, buy one, get one sale going on now through Thursday, get your free item. Even though I just use like two of the spam words they'd say not to do. I mean, you can still use them. You just want to test like, okay, how many people open this email if I when I use the word free? So it's always good to track your emails and like look at your analytics. So I think those are some um, ways that you can really spice up your subject lines. But another way that you can do is just <clears throat> like go through your own emails and look at like which emails look interesting to me, you know? Okay, I think I think I went through all my questions. I'm just scanning through Clavio. Okay, personalize. Okay, person. How do I personalize my email? So I get this question quite a bit, um, and I'm gonna try to go through really, really quickly. So personalizing your emails. I mean, you can do things like again putting their name in the subject line, and again, not like actually one by one, but you can do the little like insert a variant or whatever it's called, where it will just say insert like first name or something. Um, you can do things like segmenting your email list. That's a really important one. So you can segment your email list based on location, based on um, like specific purchase history. So for example, if you have your number one best-selling product is a compass necklace, okay? I'm just using an example. Then you could segment your list 
by everyone who's purchased a compass necklace and then you could literally send an email that's like like oh my god our compass necklace it's our number one bestseller thank you for buying it like we're so grateful if you loved our compass necklace you would also love this product and you could cross sell like a different product but because you're only sending it to people who have bought a specific product it's gonna feel very personalized to that person and the more you can make things personal for people then the more they're gonna open their emails and all that kind of stuff so I would just say in general, like segmentation is your friend. Um, purchase history, um, again, like if they've bought something before versus people who haven't bought before, if they've bought a bestseller item versus people who haven't bought a bestseller item, you want to kind of do things like that to separate your list. So if your list is, if your email is only going to not to people who've purchased from you, you might have a different language and tone versus people who have not purchased, for them, it might be more like you You feel like you have to introduce the brand a bit more. You have to talk more about selling points. So things like that will make emails feel more personalized. Okay, let me see if I have any other ones. Um... I think that is it. I feel like I'm, I think I skipped one. I'm just trying to figure out which one I skipped. Okay, segmenting your list. That was, I think, one that I did not do. And if I did, I apologize for repeating myself. (laughs) Um, So again, segmenting your list is a really important one because it makes things feel more targeted, more relevant, more personal. So the biggest thing is it kind of depends on your business and your product and what you're selling. So I have someone in, for example, one of my cultish product programs. They have a jewelry business. They sell regular jewelry, and but they also have permanent jewelry. So for her, segmenting her list would be a really smart idea. So anyone who has bought permanent jewelry or lives in a dem- in a you know demographic location specific area would get a specific set of emails. So she's not going to send an email to her entire list that talks about coming in and getting permanent jewelry for Mother's Day when she only offers it in one state of the country. So that's like an example of segmenting your list and then basically emailing people based on like subscriber interest or triggers or purchase things or things like that. So um, one example is that. Another example is like we already talked about this before. Like if you have an email list that you've taken from Flowdesk and you're bringing it over to Clavio, I would segment that as well. And that just means like you have it in a different list. So if you want to know, okay, all these people came from a different place, it's just good to be aware of that. Um, you can also segment your list based on, let's see, like gender, if you have that information, um, purchase history. Again, I've already kind of talked about this one a little bit. So like people who have bought products or not bought products, you could send different emails to or, you know, segment your list basically. Um, Engagement, like you could send, you could have like a very highly engaged VIP list. And some of this stuff too, you're not able to do if you don't have like a Clavio type email marketing platform. So you might be like, I can't do any of this in Flowdesk. (laughs) I mean, you could do some of these things, but um, yeah. So those are a few things. Other things are like your sign up source. So for example, if someone signed up uh, using your pop-up versus they've signed up from your blog 
Or for example, if you are doing like pre-launch type things and you make people, you ask people to opt in to your wait list for a product or something, that would be a segment. You could basically have a segmented list of those people. And then you're going to communicate to these people differently based on the segment. And that's how emails feel very personalized. And the more personalized, the more they're going to open and they're going to love you so much because they're like, yes, this company is not spamming me. So, all right, my friends, that that is the, I, I hope I did all 10, by the way. I feel like I did, but if I didn't, you can yell at me. Um, the 10 emails that, I'm sorry, the 10 email marketing questions that I get asked um, pretty often. And again, I, some of them that I get asked a lot about, I already answered in previous episodes that came out in this last two weeks of the podcast. You can be sure to check those out. And then again, um, we have a free training happening on April 10th, five techniques to turn email marketing into your number one sales channel. Even if you have a tiny email list, because you cannot sustain your business alone on social media. So it's going to be April 10th at 10 a.m. It's going to be super fun. It's going to be a workshop kind of style free training. We're going to cover a lot of different things. We're going to cover um, how to make email marketing feel more fun. We're going to cover list building strategies to grow your email list every single day. We're going to cover three essential campaigns so you never have to ask yourself, what do I send to my email list? We're going to cover how to make money while you're sleeping using three key automations and workflows. And then lastly, how to create your email marketing plan and strategy so you stay consistent because if you're not consistent, then your email marketing does not work. So if you are interested in joining this workshop, if you can't join the live call, we are going to have a replay available for people. So if you're curious, definitely just opt in. It's going to be super fun. And you're going to learn a lot, honestly. Um, I try to give a lot of stuff out in the podcast episodes, but I think, you know, there's only so much I can talk about in a podcast and our free training is going to be awesome. And then we have a very special announcement at the end of the free training. And I cannot wait to talk about this. I'm so excited. So April 10th at 10 a.m. Pacific, again, replay is available for you if you cannot make the call and you can head over to, well, you can grab the link in the show notes on the episode at the bottom, or you can go to my website. I have a new website. Super excited. kerryfitzgerald.com slash forward slash email and the number five. So email five, kerryfitzgerald.com and that's K-E-R-R-I-E. And again, the link is going to be in the show notes below. All right, my friends, I hope you love this bonus episode of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. We have a great episode coming out next week and we have a lot of really great ones coming out in the next few weeks. So be sure to tune into those as well. All right. Good night, my friends.